welcome back to Who's There. I'm your host, Allison. If you're new here, thank you for joining us. This is a podcast where I talk to a new horror fan every week because I hope to destigmatize what it means to be a horror movie fan. Because most of us are just regular people who like the adrenaline rush of being scared for some reason. And here we delve into those reasons. I had to take last week off because I had COVID. So thanks for being patient. It was not fun. Get your boosters. But this week I'm back and I'm so excited because I have a super fun conversation to share with all of you with Je- with horror writer Jessica McHugh. She told me about her short stories and her blackout poetry as well as she- how she got into horror and why she thinks horror fans handled the lockdown better than non-horror fans. I'm keeping this intro short because I don't sound super clear, but one last thing before we get into this episode, if you love the show and haven't left us a review on iTunes yet, I'd be so grateful if you could take a second to rate and review it on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, and subscribe to our feed wherever you listen to us. Thank you again to everyone who's already left us a review. It's so appreciated, as it really helps people to find us. I think that's it, so let's get into my conversation with Jessica McHugh. Hey, Jessica, how are you? I'm doing very well. How are you? I'm good. Thank you so much for being here. Do you want to start by telling everyone a little bit about yourself, where you're from, et cetera? Yeah, absolutely. And thank you so much for having me. I am a proud Marylander, Maryland born and raised, and I am a novelist, a poet, a playwright. I write in all kinds of genres, but horror, horror is kind of just like my toast and jam. If I start writing something, And uh, I don't really have a genre in mind. It kind of always veers there. So I write a lot of different kind of horror stuff from extreme and erotic to young adult, middle grade. So, (laughs) and all under the same name. So, which is fun (laughs) in the same McUniverse. So yeah, that's, that's, that's kind of me. I just like to play around. (laughs) Awesome. Can I ask, what's the difference between young adult and middle grade? So what I, <laughs> what I've come to understand it as middle grade, they don't get killed. Young adult, you can, you can have some casualties. I think <laughs> your main, main characters have to uh, okay. stay alive mostly. Well, I mean, right, that's fuck that. I mean, I would not, I would not, <laughs> I don't really abide by any rules, but, but I think, I think generally speaking, uh, you, you would go by middle grade is going to have some, some scares and spooky things and maybe some life-threatening situations that everyone's going to get out okay. Young adult, you can, you can have some casualties. And I think that's the difference, like when you're saying between like R.L. Stein's Fear Street and R.L. Stein's Goosebumps. Okay. Where, you know, I grew up on Fear Street and didn't read any Goosebumps until way later. And like everyone was all into goosebumps and I'm just over here watching teenagers get killed off. And I'm like the 11 year old being like, oh my God, this is amazing. (laughs) Awesome. Well, thank you. Thank you for clarifying because I wasn't sure. I kind of thought they were the same thing. But I mean, that's my interpretation of it. There could be other rules. Like I said, I I just, you know, I'll play around and do whatever the the story tells me to do. (laughs) So cool. All right. Well, first things first, what's your favorite scary movie? That's a, yeah, that's definitely a tough one. I kind of classic scary movie, I would say Poltergeist, but I think Poltergeist is just kind of a great movie on its own. I would say I really love Ex Machina. Okay. I haven't Um, actually seen that yet. I I really like, I I like sci-fi horror a lot. And that's a really, really good one for me. I really like Black Swan. Beetlejuice is a good kind of you know throw it on anytime it's a good horror comedy those are kind of hard to come by I feel like 
I have a, I have a lot of like kind of go-to kind of favorites, but I do put on Black Swan a lot. <laughs> oh, cool. I've only seen Black Swan once when I saw it in theaters, but it's been on my list to like revisit. It's, yeah, it's, it's a fun one in, in that kind of, you know, horrifying to watch kind of way. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I, love to, I love to put it on when I'm writing or, you know, making blackout poetry or something. Mm-hmm. It's just like a really good, it's pretty to watch. Got a great soundtrack, obviously, <laughs> you know, Ex Machina too. Ex Machina has got a great horror sci-fi kind of soundtrack. So yeah, those are kind of like the usual ones I'll pop on. Awesome. So how did you first fall in love with the horror genre? Yeah, I've been, it feels like forever at this point. I, I would say that I read a lot of like kind of spooky campfire story, like anthologies when I was a kid, like, you know, scary stories to tell in dark, but they were like almost off brand those (laughs) like my elementary school teacher, I think in the third grade, she had like a basket, like when you get done early, it's like, oh, grab a book and just read until, you know, end of class or whatever. And there were just like a bunch of those. And I would just pick them up. They were all things like, you know, snipe hunting and, you know, the the girl with the ribbon and like stuff like that. Also, like every Saturday when I was a kid in the late 80s, early 90s, I don't know how long it went on, but every Saturday there was a horror movie matinee and and then it was followed by a kung fu movie so sometimes i'd stick around for the kung fu movie but usually i I, i'd tune in for the horror one and sometimes my brothers would watch with me but mostly i think the only at one point the only channel it came in on was my parents tv up in their bedroom so i just sit up there in the bedroom alone and just like watch horror movies or sometimes i would it's really dumb i just found the paintings recently but I used to set up an easel and I would watch like the serpent and the rainbow or like something. And I would put the, the paintbrush and every time I got scared, I'd be like, ah, and I would paint. <laughs> and I'd be like, this is the heart, the interpretation of my fear. <laughs> oh, that's so cool. <laughs> <laughs> and I found them. I still have them. They're so dumb, <laughs> but, but it's like, and I would change colors. I'm like, oh, it's a nice part now. Oh no, scariness. <laughs> that sounds very therapeutic. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it was, I, I, I've always just really gravitated towards that. I was way into, are you afraid of the dark and yeah. all, all the, that good stuff. I, you know, I watched Twilight Zone and Alfred Hitchcock presents and all that kind of stuff when I was little. And oddly, I, I don't know, I guess my family, my brothers were into horror. I guess my parents weren't, I guess that makes sense, but I was often alone and I would, you know, it's, it was very, it was very scary. And I, de- I definitely watched through my fingers a lot. I would do things where I just switch the channel all of a sudden and be like, ah, I'm safe. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. I have, I know I have a serpent in the rainbow one. And I think the other one I had was house two. <laughs> I hear that's a bonkers movie. I've it's, never it seen bonkers. it. But. <laughs> but house is pretty bonkers too. That's another, that's a good one. I like, I, I like house a lot. All right. Yeah. I've only listened to the the horror virgin talk about house two. So it's another podcast, mm-hmm. but yeah, 
it's it's a fun episode. I gotta say, I am so glad that there are so many horror podcasts, right? <laughs> what now? else would we do? <laughs> I, it truly, like, you know, it, it makes me feel like absolutely alight with inspirado and love for the horror community. It's so rad. Yeah, it's a it's a really nice way to connect. Yeah, yeah, awesome. So I always have to ask, why do you think people who seem perfectly sane love the horror genre? <laughs> Probably because we're working through our shit uh, <laughs> on the reg. <laughs> yeah, no, I think that if you're willing to confront that, the many facets of horror, which, you know, range from, you know, quiet, you know, quiet horror and, you know, psychological horror and body horror, like there are just so many different facets to it that are reflections of everyday life of what we face all the time so I think if you're willing to confront that I think you're (laughs) I think you're better off than the people that aren't I mean I guess you could confront it a little too hard (laughs) and go over the edge hopefully that doesn't happen that often but yeah I really I think that it is it is a form of therapy in its way watching and creating horror and even you know especially like if there's something in you that you're having trouble like dealing with at least trying to like deal with it in you know by making art certainly it's got to be better than holding on to it so yeah definitely that's a great answer I love that I have to ask what scares you lots of lots of stuff (laughs) (laughs) I mostly have problems with face stuff I like even simple things like in the matrix when Neo's mouth like gets closed like yeah mm, mm. you don't like people's mouth being sh- I know, shut I yeah. <laughs> not ma'am <laughs> <laughs> no yeah I don't I, I avoided watching the people under the stairs for my entire life because I had heard that someone's mouth was sewn shut and then it's it's delightful <laughs> <laughs> I watched it for a podcast like last year and it was like you had to watch a movie, a horror movie you had never seen before. And I had intense fear of this movie because I knew about that, but also because there was a billboard in my hometown that they just didn't change for years. That was people (laughs) under the stairs and it kept getting like more worn and scary. (laughs) I had like, I had an intense fear and it's just a delightful movie and just, just wonderful. But yeah, face stuff. Yeah, that's... <laughs> any kind of face kind of disfigurement kind of thing but I also really like that like <laughs> okay well d- tell me more about that I don't know if it I mean I like I like art with kind of like dug out faces like when I draw stuff I like big blank faces I'll draw big like empty pits of eyes I mean, I think it's interesting to draw and create. So I understand why people do it. (laughs) When I'm making something, it doesn't really scare me. But I mean, everyone else has the ability to scare me. You know, if someone could draw the same thing I drew and because I didn't do it, I'd be like, (laughs) ah, no, nightmares. I mean, I also, I, any kind of like waking up one day with a weird thing, you know, something new growing out of you is, is always... (laughs) Uh, a fear. I, I actually had a nightmare last night that I got bit by some kind of bug and there was a, like a sore on my wrist and throughout the dream, no one was helping me. I kept saying, someone take me to the hospital. It kept spreading and like taking over my arm and I could feel it in the dream. And I was just like, oh, someone. 
<laughs> I woke up and I'm like, that's it. I'm not going back. <laughs> I'm getting, I'm getting on Instagram. I'm up, up. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes, sometimes you just got to stay awake. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I really love body horror, but it also is probably what scares me the most. Yeah. Speaking of body horror and body modifications, did you watch Haunt? Mm. Is that the, the, the haunted house? Yeah. Like documentary kind of thing. It's not a documentary. That is the, the houses October belt is about, they're making a documentary about extreme haunted houses. This is a non-found footage movie that I think went straight. Oh, I can't remember if I saw that. I don't think I saw that. It's about kids. They just see a sign on Halloween for a haunted house and go in. No, no. I did read about that recently because I was writing a, a found footage like extreme haunt Mm -hmm. short story. And I like, I didn't finish it in time. And I was like, dang, I put so much research (laughs) into it. And then I saw that that movie came out and I was like, (laughs) oh, but I didn't finish mine. So I can't be mad, but I'm Mm -hmm. down. I know I I would love to see that. Yeah. It's, it's really interesting. I really liked it. I've only watched it once, but if you like like body horror, I think you'll appreciate it. Oh God. No, I'm terrified just thinking about it. I love body horror in retrospect. <laughs> well, you will love it after you watch it. I'm excited to be <laughs> for it to be a week after. <laughs> so you're a writer who is a two-time Elgin and Bram Stoker award nominee, as well as a two-time LOHF award winner. What does that stand for? Uh, Ladies of Horror Fiction. Great. So they, yeah, they just <laughs> changed their name this year to Horror Spotlight and stuff. Okay. But yeah, they had a Ladies of Horror Fiction Award. Okay. And yeah, yeah. and it was, it was awesome. <laughs> awesome. So you've written books such as Nightly Owl, Fatal Raven, the, and The Green Kangaroos, as well as a book of blackout poetry inspired by The Secret Garden called Strange Nests. And you have two new books coming out in a few days on September 13th called Rabbits in the Garden and Hares in the Hedgerow. Do you want to tell me a little bit about about the books that are just coming out out next week? Yeah, absolutely. I love that you picked all the ones that kind of center around around animals. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know why I did that. No, 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 no. That's amazing. I love, I actually, I love, I love that there's like, I one day realized there were so many weird animal references in all of my title, almost all my titles. So no, I love that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So the books that I have coming out soon, Rabbits in the Garden is coming out from Lish Books and it's actually a re-release. It came out originally in 2011, I believe from a different publisher that shall not be named <laughs> for reasons. But I, I had this book, you know, it did pretty well. I, I wrote a sequel, to, hopefully to one day, you know, put that out, but obviously the publisher did not stay around. So I was, I was kind of worried that, you know, these books would never see the light of day again. So I'm so grateful for Ghoulish Books and Perpetual Motion Machine Publishing for putting them out. Rabbits in the Garden is a <laughs> the start to a wild <laughs> story that is part of what we're calling the Gardening Guidebooks trilogy. Mm, okay. So there will be another one forthcoming. <laughs> but it's the story of Avery Norton and the Norton family. Avery is a 13-year-old girl who is accused of murdering several people. That is, (laughs) it becomes pretty clear that this is a nebulous thing, whether she has done this or not. 
because her mother is kind of a bee and (laughs) (laughs) and I don't think I'm giving anything away here the book starts off pretty much you know diving into this kind of thing mother-daughter relationship and something very dark and sinister is going on in this family so rabbits in the garden opens that up it takes place in the late 50s into the 60s it's very much a chaotic 1950s madhouse novel she ends up being incarcerated in taunton asylum as it was called during that time in massachusetts and goes goes through all that goes down some very (laughs) crazy twists and turns to say that this is a multi-genre horror (laughs) novel would be an understatement it it's it's pretty chaotic and bonkers (laughs) as well house two (laughs) uh and then hairs in the hedgerow which comes out on november 15th which is also my 40th birthday (laughs) is a 1970s cult horror book so and it's a direct sequel it takes well it takes place 15 years after rabbits and it continues the the bonkersness right on out (laughs) I, I was very inspired by Joni Mitchell, but also the movie Nymphomaniac. So we'll just put it that way. <laughs> Those things are both so similar. So. Yeah, they really are. <laughs> they really, really are. Oh, well, that, sound, that sounds awesome. So where, where did you get the inspiration other than Joni Mitchell and Nymphomaniac? So for Hairs in the Hedgerow, it, it definitely, it takes place, you know, like I said, in the 70s and 1975 in California. And it just seemed like a really kind of ripe time, era, and area to kind of play with some cult horror and stuff like that. So, it, you know, I, I basically did, <laughs> watched every documentary I could find, <laughs> read every book about like, you know, cult stuff I could find, including some that where I was like, wow, this book is actually trying to indoctrinate me into a cult. Oh no. <laughs> And I just let my mind run wild. Obviously, there's there's a lot of stuff that's tied to the origins of Rabbits in the Garden in, in the sequel. And the third book will take place in the 80s, and that's going to bring it out even further. Originally, this idea came from a dream. Ooh. Like in 2009, I had just a random dream about like this kind of unrequited love between like, you know, two kids, like two, you know, 13 year old first love on, you know, living on Martha's Vineyard. Oh, nothing <laughs> bad could ever happen to us. And then they see someone put a body in a trunk. As you do. Yeah. On Martha's Vineyard, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All the time. <laughs> That's awesome that you got your inspiration from a dream. That's so cool. Yeah. Do you keep a dream journal next to your bed? I, I used to all the time, definitely. Yeah. Um, I, I I also, there was another book that I wrote. It's out of print now called Danny Marble and the Application for Non-Scary Things. It's a, it was a young adult, illustrated young adult horror book. And that one was definitely from the dream journal was because I had just watched The Orphanage, hmm. Del Toro. And I, I was having really bad waking nightmares at that time and where I would like see people come into the room and I kept seeing like the kid with like the sack on his head. And I was just like, I kept, you know, being like, it's a dream. It's not real. And for some reason, the only thing that got me through it, that made it go away was repeating this weird phrase that popped into my head, which was 
Danny Marble and the application for non-scary things. It was it was just so random. Like obviously it was like half asleep. So I don't know yeah. what was going on. <laughs> but I wrote it down and then I woke up the next morning and I started writing the book about like a kid who has fear-based insomnia and like makes a deal with the underworld basically to get rid of his fear. And he like huh. has this application for non-scary things. Oh, that sounds so neat. <laughs> it was really cool. It was oh. cute. My husband illustrated it and I have a tattoo from it. Like, oh, that's so neat. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, I will have to go to used bookstores now and try to find. <laughs> you could find it. <laughs> it was only pu- published in ebook and hardcover. <laughs> well, speaking of cults, what is your favorite cult horror movie? If oh you my have gosh. One? I mean, Wicker Man, OG Wicker Man is the toast and jam for sure. I mean, mid- I do love Midsummer. Midsummer is very comforting. Why is it comforting? Well, it's just, I, I like the, I like the colors and I yeah. like the dance. And well, that's it's like beautiful. why Wicker Man is kind of comforting because it's like, there was a rock and on a rock there was a bone. And it's just like, yay, let's go. Um, and then the one that the, oh, about the innkeeper's daughter or whatever like it's just, yeah. it's just a good old-fashioned time yeah no uh, midsummer i find very comforting i mean i'm i'm not gonna go as far as to to lionize danny you know i'm not gonna girl yeah. boss her <laughs> <laughs> i think it's a complex movie and i think i think that's the i think that that's the original take is like yeah fuck him but I think it also is a movie that requires multiple watches and multiple, you know, dissections, you know, as does, as, as do uh, Ari Aster movies, I think, in general, like Hereditary, too. I don't know why it's comforting. I, I just, <laughs> I like, I, I like drugs and dancing and fire. Bears. That, that works. <laughs> I mean, and also, I mean, it just looks comfortable. Like, I just want to wear those clothes, yeah. you know, just, it just looks comfy. Not all the flowers, but just like a white robe. And- yeah, definitely. <laughs> or, a or a bear suit, not a bear, a bear but like, like a fake one. Too hot. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Does your husband like horror movies? Yeah. Yeah, he does. He, he, I think watches them a little bit easier than I do. Like he, he's definitely someone who can fall asleep to nightmare on Elm street. Mm-hmm. And that is, that is not me. <laughs> I, I am, I'm still terrified of Freddie. Oh <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's ridiculous. He's yeah. so ridiculous, but yeah, I can't, I can't just watch those on a cliff. I really have to like prepare myself, which is so which is so silly, but you know, those were the ones, especially that I would like hit the, just t- change the channel. It's yeah. about to happen, <laughs> especially when I, cause I always knew when the deaths were coming, yeah. you know, like suck face really still gets me. <laughs> I don't like it. <laughs> the, the, the hearing aid, the, the pins, tend- tendon puppet. Yeah. Oh, Roach Motel. <laughs> Roach Motel really gets me. Okay. Yeah, I mean, that just sounds gross. No, every time. So you also do something called blackout poetry and I was looking at it on your website and it's really beautiful. Two questions. Is that a concept you created and can you tell everyone a little bit who's listening what exactly it is? Yeah, absolutely. I did not create it <laughs> at, at, by any any stretch. It around for, for a while. I actually have a blackout poem that um, uh, the, the publishers, Raw Dog Screaming Press, I don't know who made it, Jennifer or John, but they, they made it and they put it in the bags for 
a dog con, like a convent, a writer's retreat. And so like I had had one that they made, you know, it was just, you know, kind of just colored out. Yeah. So I'd seen them around. I, I got into it just like very kind of weirdly where I was just trying to make thank you gifts <laughs> for people that were like, I don't have any money, but I love you. So I was like, I'll just make something. And I went to the dollar store and grabbed, it was a Shirley Jackson book of <laughs> like stories and essays and stuff. And I just started doing it. And I, I, I had never really done it before. I'd done it once before and it didn't work, <laughs> and, uh, but this time it, it worked like hardcore. Cause it never stopped. Yeah. I, I, and, and then I just see like different concepts online nowadays. There's, there's a big like Instagram community with blackout poetry and people who do some like really amazing things. Like I, you know, I only started in the beginning of 2019 and then now I have like two Bram Stoker nominated blackout poetry collections and I'm working on, you know, a third collection and I, I do commissions and it's, it's wacky and it's it, like, it is like the most therapeutic art for me. I feel like, you know, even though writing poetry is extremely hard and the art part is hard, <laughs> for some reason, it doesn't feel as taxing to me as like writing a short story. I mean, I feel like it's been a, it's been a hot second since I, since I wrote a novel, but like for me, writing a short story is like heavy lifting because you have to be real mindful of word count and all that kind of stuff. I mean, blackout poetry, you have to be mindful of word count too, because it's only one page, but you know that going in, that it's either going to be five words or 15 words, and that's probably all you get, <laughs> unless you take several pages and make a bigger poem, which I've also done. Like, you can just have like a lot of fun with it. These Sometimes it's like something easy and simple, and sometimes it's an actual like full-blown three-dimensional art piece. They're, they're really pretty. Thank you. Appreciate that. Yeah. If, if you guys want to check them out, go to her website. It's mickuniverse.com slash blackout. And then you can, you can buy your own. So what's your favorite subgenre in horror? I mean, I, I do really love, I love body horror. That's probably my favorite to write. What's your favorite to watch? I mean, I like, I really like psychological horror just because I, especially like nowadays, if someone has a new spin on it at this point besides like oh it was all in her head (laughs) (laughs) so that's that's always fun to see a new a new take on like on anything is going to be fun quiet horror you know any kind of like little ghost story that's new I really like that can Um, I ask what is quiet horror I would say I would say something like a ghost story you know that's not like overtly any you know any gore anything Mm -hmm. like that where it's just almost like the scary part of the story is the building of the atmosphere. Okay. Almost. I would, I mean, I think uh, apart from body horror, uh, you know, horror sci-fi is good yeah. stuff, but I feel like, I feel like sci-fi horror also gets into body horror too. <laughs> Cause we, I feel like they are, they are strange little, little cousins there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Very cool. Do you have any favorite horror directors? Del Toro. Definitely. I mean, I guess he could be argued that that's, Fan, dark fantasy but eh, horror is such a wide yeah reaching genre i people always get mad because i always say revolutionary road is horror but i feel like it, <laughs> feel like it is yeah it is <laughs> uh sub, what is it suburban horror yes <laughs> yeah del toro i i love mike flanagan oh i forget her name is it lee 
Lee, she did the, the Fear Street series that was just on Netflix. Lee Janik, maybe? Yeah, Lee, Lee Janik. Yeah, oh, man, those were so good. Yeah. So, so good. Yeah, I definitely have an eye on her. Ari Aster, for sure. I haven't seen Nope yet, but Jordan Peele. But I, I mean, for sure, Del Toro, if he makes a movie, I'm in. Nice. Very cool. I've only seen one Del Toro movie. It was Pan's Labyrinth. Oh yeah, just last year. It was like my (laughs) mine and my husband's second date. Oh, (laughs) at the theater. (laughs) So an article came out in 2020 that said that horror movie fans were handling lockdown better than non-horror movie fans. Why do you think that was the case? (laughs) Wow, I think because we were already prepared when Tiger King came out. I think I think we were already ready for the horrors of what people have been depicted in Americana. So when that came out, it was like, no, we're good. No, I yeah, I, I'm not sure. I think I think because maybe we already know where we can retreat to. We already had those mechanisms in place. Mm-hmm. I think <laughs> I, I can't really say for sure because I, I am a I am a married but child free woman and happy to stay that way. So I, I think that a lot of people were not prepared for just being at home with <laughs> everyone that's in their home, which fair, but, but because a lot of people are so busy a lot of the time, they don't have those little outlets of, you know, reading horror or watching yeah. movies. You know, a lot of people have to, you know, wait till the kids go to bed and then that kind of thing. And, you know, I think that us people who take the time to indulge in our, in our, <laughs> horror obsession or find our little pockets of time to do these things and our little safe place in the dark. <laughs> I think we were, a, you know, a little bit more prepared, but that, that being said, like, you know, I got a pinch mer- nerve during the lockdown and I couldn't do shit. <laughs> <laughs> like, I was just on my side screaming for like three months. So that was my own little horror. <laughs> <laughs> oh, or ba- bacon bread. And I was like <laughs> getting stabbed in the neck. What appropriate terminology for a horror movie podcast? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. I hope you weren't literally being stabbed in the neck. No, no. That's what it felt like when, when I got the pinched nerve, like basically I felt like Caesar. I was one second. I was fine. The next, it felt like a dozen knives going in me. And I was like, something's wrong clearly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so apparently that's what having, getting a pinched nerve feels mm. like in your neck. Ugh, yeah. Don't, Don't do headstands that. if you're not ready people. Yeah, they're very, your, your neck is like, it's kind of priceless. Yeah. yeah, You only get one. That's, that's my suggestion. Anyone doing yoga, thinking they're ready for headstands, you're not. Yeah. I still do yoga over zoom with my main teacher. And she's always like, maybe over zoom isn't the first time to try a headstand. Yeah. Think about it. So how do you decide what horror movie to watch when you're just hanging out and looking for something to watch? That's tough because I mean, we, we took a chance. We took a chance the other day and we both ended up not loving the movie. What movie was it? I feel bad saying because everyone loved it. What one was it? <laughs> Black Phone. Oh, okay. I thought it was okay. I wasn't in love with it. Okay. But... Yeah. We just, we just had a lot of issues. There were things that we liked about it. So mm-hmm. it's, you know, it just sucks that I feel like it was like the first time in a long time we took a chance on like a horror movie. Just mm-hmm. like, oh, let's put this on. And yeah, we were like, eh. <laughs> a lot of times we'll, you know, I feel like we watch more like horror series mm-hmm. than movies a lot. Or I'll just pop on something that's, you know, 
because you know my husband plays video games and I'm like doing the blackout poetry a lot so sometimes we'll just like throw something on in the background you know like Hannibal or you know I just I went through true blood again for like the millionth time don't judge me it's amazing (laughs) y'all I've never I've never watched it ever it's you don't need to (laughs) (laughs) it's vampires right to start okay yeah vampires aren't really my thing so are were panthers your thing because it has were panthers no i i don't think those are my my things either i don't <laughs> okay then you're good yeah you don't need yeah it. no one needed were panthers actually probably <laughs> yeah no it sucks because we yeah we haven't really hopped on a lot of stuff we've been kind of in the comfort phase right now where we're watching office for the millionth time nice <laughs> but 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 we do you know I feel like Apple Plus is like the home of weird like this might be just like a normal you know drama but it feels like it has an undercurrent of horror series okay. like Severance I've watched the first uh, episode I haven't yeah. continued yet Severance physical morning show like all these th- I've been weirdly just kind of watching, they're very intense and have this weird undercurrent where everything kind of feels chill on the surface, but there's like something sinister going on kind of thing. Yeah. Severance especially, but it's, we don't, yeah, we just kind of, if we're just, we just pick something. I don't know. I wish I could explain it better. We're really bad at kind of picking movies, (laughs) picking movies and shows. It usually ends up, it's just like, yeah, this is fine. Ted Lasso again. (laughs) <laughs> I just watched the mini series Devil in Ohio last weekend mm. on Netflix. It just came out. It was good. I liked it. I liked the end a lot. Um, oh yeah, I'll have to check that out. I've been hearing yeah. really good things about like Yellow Jackets. And, yeah, like, that is also really that. good. Like yeah. there are some there are some new things that have come out that I'm like, oh my gosh, that sounds so good. And I'm like, when when do I get my free trial? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, wait until the second season of Yellow Jackets comes out so you can get the free month and then just watch both seasons. Yeah, because there's like a Courtney Cox like horror comedy series that came out. Is there? Oh, I didn't know about that. And like, I freaking love Cougar Town. (laughs) So (laughs) awesome. So I see you have a lot of tattoos. Do you have any horror movie tattoos? Does the Care Bears movie count as a horror (laughs) movie? Yeah, I think it does. It's uh, it's actually this this tattoo that the villain from the Care Bears movie scared the shit out of me when I was a kid. And that's why I got her on me. So nice. I could like control that fear kind of. But it's like a scary face in a book. Um, oh, cool. What else do I have? I well, Yeah, I have the one from my, my horror book. I have a key that's like a skull on it that's inspired by the cover of Strange Nests, my mm. blackout poetry collection. What else do I have? Mm. I got a Disney's gargoyles. Tattoo. <laughs> That's cool. There are, garg- <laughs> there are gargoyles on the building next to mine. Oh, nice. Yeah. <laughs> I think that might. And then the Phantom Toll Booth. I don't know. There's kind of scary things. Yeah, in I've, I've heard it referred to as a. And I have a whole, yeah, Phantom Toll Booth, like half sleeve. That's so cool. that's about <laughs> it. Oh, I have an, a tattoo that a Twin Peaks tattoo. Oh, okay. That used to be a Kevin Spacey tattoo. So double horror. Ah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I have some friends that love Twin Peaks. So yeah, it's cool. the best. <laughs> yeah, when I had my I actually work at a tattoo shop. And uh, when my boss, <laughs> when she was doing my last tattoo, I was like, can you turn my horrible I got when I was 17 year old, years old, Kevin Spacey tattoo into a 
Twin Peaks tattoo and pray that David Lynch doesn't disappoint me ever. (laughs) I don't think he will. Yeah, hopefully not. Fingers crossed. Another amazing director. The best. Yeah. Are there any horror movies that you won't watch or that you won't watch ever again? Hmm. Yeah. Well, I'm not going to watch Requiem for a Dream ever again. Not going to, not going to do that. I own that one. Last House (laughs) on the Left. Yeah. Not necessary. Any, any of those kind of torture porn things from the seventies that I, I watched a lot of those when Netflix was still doing discs. (laughs) (laughs) I went through a lot of those. Yeah. And don't really need that. That's yeah. That, that might be, that might be it. Does kids count as a horror movie? I feel like it does. I don't need to see that again. (laughs) Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, anything (laughs) called kids is probably pretty horrific. It's like a, yeah, it's like a nineties, like skateboarder kids in like New York. It's, it's rough. (laughs) (laughs) It's not technically a horror movie, but yeah, I think it is. Have you ever had any noteworthy experiences seeing a horror movie in theaters? Yeah. I think I missed most of the ring because I was hiding like in my boyfriend at the time's armpit. Oh my goodness. Yeah, no, I did not. I did not enjoy watching the ring in theaters. No, Um, why not? uh, (laughs) Yeah, no, I, it took me a long time to, which weird because I always, years later, whenever it came on like HBO and stuff, I would watch it. Um, But I always had to wait until after what I called pancake face. Yeah, which was like the girl like up the stairs because there was like that great meme where it was like I love pancakes just written above her and I so never I just... saw that I have to look I have to look that up <laughs> it's just like like crazy sideways mouth and I like pancakes <laughs> it's like okay that's what helped me get over being scared of that and then also like learning that that was not someone in makeup that was like a full built thing like that's yeah. that's cool to shit but yeah, the, the tape really got to me, the jerkiness and all that. It, it just, it felt like a nightmare <laughs> Yeah, and, and experiencing it in the theater, like, yeah, it just felt like an assault. <laughs> and, and I was crying. I was sobbing like in the theater and my boyfriend was like making fun of me the whole time. So it was super traumatizing. <laughs> and I think that's why like years later when I, you know, I, I used to just watch it every time because I became almost obsessed with like becoming desensitized to it, mm-hmm. you know, like kind of like, oh, I'll show you. Like <laughs> he's not even around anymore. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, that, that was, that was a terrible, that was a terrible movie experience. I can't really think of anything else. Uh, I definitely remember seeing Ernest Scared Stupid in the theater (laughs) with my brother (laughs) and just cracking up the whole time. That sounds fun. (laughs) It's like the opposite of your experience seeing The Ring. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. (laughs) The Ring is my all-time favorite horror movie. I saw it twice when it was in theaters, like within like a week or two. And, but for some reason I looked away when they showed the face the first time I saw it (laughs) yeah so I never saw the face and the second time I just watched everyone else I was like I know there's something coming I like never looked at the face until like a couple of years ago but I saw I saw it in 35 millimeter last Halloween Wow. uh, The woman, the pro, the promoter who was there, she was like, get ready for, you know, she's like, who here hasn't seen it? Like half theater. I'd never seen it before. And she was like, get ready for the most intense PG 13 horror movie you'll ever see. Seriously. Like it, I, I had a very visceral, (laughs) intense reaction to that movie. Yeah. I I was not happy. I I think I like it. 
I like it a lot. I think it's a great movie. And I, like I said, I've seen it many, many, many times <laughs> since. Yeah. I, I think it's excellent. And I can watch it with no problem now. But nice. I mean, but that's, I mean, that's something to be said for how, how effective it is. Yeah. Oh yeah, totally. And this year is its 20 year anniversary. So I think they're re-releasing it in some 4K format or something like that. So, wow. Yeah. That's so crazy. Take, I, take I, I for sure, like when Blair Witch came out, that was, that was prime movie going age for me. Yeah. So I saw Blair Witch in the theater ad nauseum. <laughs> I mean, I liked Blair Witch, <laughs> <laughs> but once you've seen it and cause it takes place in Maryland, so yeah. in, in Maryland. So it was, I, I made a Blair Witch parody at one point with nice. friends. The Blair Witch was like everything that was going on. So there, there came a point where I was like, oh, guys, I can't watch the fucking Blair Witch anymore. <laughs> <laughs> uh, did you grow up anywhere near Burkittsville? For sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Pretty close. Yeah. We filmed, we filmed our parody pretty close. To <laughs> Have you ever gone to Burkittsville to visit the? We've sites? been, I've been through there, but yeah, no, haven't actually been to any of the sites or anything. Yeah. One of the, we, where we ended up filming our like Blair Witch kind of house scene was an abandoned house in Finksburg, Maryland that we just found in the woods and filmed during daylight on nighttime mode. So so it would be extra scary. (laughs) Oh, that's so interesting. (laughs) What has your favorite horror movie been in 2022 so far oh, man. you have to remind me of things that <laughs> what was that? fresh did that come out fresh yep mm-hmm. yeah. Fresh yeah is fresh good. x yeah, nope oh uh, i haven't seen nope yet yeah i'm still <laughs> damn you ted lasso <laughs> we need to catch up <laughs> yeah no we've had like prey and stuff on our list yeah so so the problem is like so many times I was I've been editing a lot and like I can yeah. pop on something you know I've seen yeah I've not that you want to pay attention a lot to of stuff yeah it's really hard for me I to just like stop and pay attention to a movie because I don't know what to do with my hands mm-hmm. um, <laughs> I'm just like you need to take uh, up knitting I think <laughs> There you go. There you go. Just draw the cats. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. I I mean, I definitely, I I very much want to see Prey and Nope. Like I really haven't even gotten out to the the theater. The the first movie I saw in the theater after, you know, post lockdown was Bo Burnham's Inside. I'm so jealous you saw that. I'm so sorry. I'm so jealous you got to see that in theaters. Yeah. (laughs) That was a very affecting experience as <laughs> <Yeah>. well. <laughs> so what horror movie are you most looking forward to seeing in the rest of 2022? I think we have like maybe six or eight more left to come out. Oh my gosh. I mean, I definitely want to see, I want to see Pearl. Yeah. Pearl looks good. There are a couple. I, uh, what is it? Is, is it hat, hatching? Hatching. Ha- yeah. Uh, yep. I'm not sure if that came out yet. Yeah. Uh, it, it came out. Okay. Yeah, I think that, it's on Hulu now. Okay. Oh, is it? Dang. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I should be taking notes <laughs> don't worry this will this will come out in a couple of weeks and then yeah you can i'm i'm especially it. looking for because the collection i'm working on is is body horror the blackout poetry yeah, collection I so I'm, I, I really want to dig into some some really good yeah body horror especially mm-hmm. if i can find anything cosmic body horror mm-hmm. like i i would love to i don't know if anything is coming out that i've seen but I think Pearl is number one on my list because I, I saw that and it made me kind of feel akin to rabbits in the garden, hairs in the hedgerow mm-hmm. kind of vibe. 
Okay. So I was like, any kind of girl who's who's taken life into her hands. <laughs> I want to awesome. see it. I love Mia Goth too. Yeah. She's I just great. love her whole vibe. Even <laughs> even the incredibly cringeworthy cure for wellness. I haven't seen that. It's interesting. I wouldn't say you don't need to. It's it's pretty interesting, but yeah, it's pretty cringy at the end. Hmm. All right. Fair um, warning. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> are there any horror movies that you love that people generally don't like oh my gosh this is gonna sound bad i can't even remember the name of it but there was some really dumb Lindsay lohan movie <laughs> where she had a twin and like her arm got cut off and then like the twin somewhere else got her arm cut off. oh my god i can't remember what it was i know who killed me <laughs> it was so bad and cheesy but i really loved it um <laughs> Awesome. No, but like, seriously, some things like, I, I know a lot of people didn't like Mother. I love Mother and things like Jawbreaker and, you know, mm. these kind of, I like a good goofy kind of horror movie and I like something that's just, I, I like, you know, overly dramatic stuff. <laughs> you know, Mother's like, it's like beating you over the head with the message, but also hiding the different messages. And it's like, you know, a lot of people, I, I don't know. I feel like a lot of people kind of viewed it, viewed it in like kind of a one dimensional way. And I thought it was so cool. <laughs> I have only seen it once when I saw it in theaters, but it's mm-hmm. been on my list to like revisit recently. So, cause I think it's on Amazon maybe. Yeah. So. I mean, I, yeah, I, I think, I think it was an interesting yeah. movie. I mean, it's, it's brutal as hell, especially towards the end, but you know, yeah, that's, that's, that was kind of the vibe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Rebirth uh, and destruction and the cycle continues anew. Oh yeah. If you could remake one horror movie, which one would it be? Ah, stuff. I know who killed me. <laughs> <laughs> now i want to watch this movie yeah Yeah, i don't know i i i like most even if i don't like a movie i'm like they had their shot (laughs) i yeah i don't know i i can't really think of anything i would like to to remake at this point i'm I'm pretty easy to please (laughs) that's very i can always kind of find find merit in something where it's like okay i can see what they were trying to do Oh, that's very kind and diplomatic of you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I am a, I am a receptionist at a tattoo shop, so <laughs> very diplomatic. <laughs> so my last question is, if you had to spend quarantine with one horror villain, who would it be? Oh, shit. That is tough. Oh, man. <laughs> that is really, really tough. Probably, I can't even think of his name, but uh, Oscar Isaac from Ex Machina. If he's the villain in that movie, I think he's kind of the villain. But I would dance all day with him, and he could he could have a little robot love with it. <laughs> Wait, let me look up his character name. Yeah, I can't remember his name. I guess the robot is kind of the villain too, but not until he fucks it over. I think. Yeah, Nathan. Nathan. Ah, of course he's a Nathan. would be a Nathan seriously well thank you so much for being here do you want to tell everyone where they can find you and your books online yeah I you can find me at mixuniverse.com that has like a pretty good listing of the books I have available as well as blackout poetry I have for sale and you can also commission blackout poetry from a long list of books I have on hand or you can request something I can pick up at a used bookstore 
You can also find me on Instagram and Twitter at the Jess McHugh. You can find me on TikTok there too, but I mean, you might not be so pleased with what you find there. Um, (laughs) And then otherwise, I mean, you can just kind of Google me and probably stuff will come up. (laughs) You can find me there. You can probably find some pictures I don't want you to find, but we were all young and hungry. (laughs) Well, thank you so much. (laughs) Thank you so much for having me. That's it for this week's episode of Who's There? I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Jessica McHugh, and thank you to Jessica for coming on. You can follow us on Twitter at Who's There Pod or on Instagram at Who's There Podcast. And if you have any questions, comments, concerns, horror movie recommendations, or you'd like to be a guest, shoot us an email at who's there pc at gmail.com. Until next time, stay scary and get your booster.